Hey everyone, it's Kenneth Eisner back with you again this week. And this week we've got episode number one in my social media series, and we are going to talk all about Facebook. Welcome to Life Beyond the Massage Table, a podcast for massage therapists, or really anyone who works in health and wellness. I'm here to help you take a look at your business and practice in new ways, to think outside the box, and to shift gears from the same old stuff that isn't helping you build the life and the business that you really want. Let's get started. Hey, well, I hope you guys are all having a great week wherever you are on this lovely planet. So yeah, um, we are back with episode number one on social media, as I've already said. Uh, If you listened to the last episode, which was a bit of a mini episode, you heard all about what I'm trying to accomplish with all this stuff here. But uh, yeah, basically, we are going to cover four different social media platforms over the next little while to take us into the end of 2019 and to help you start making your plans for 2020 to rock your business, to get more clients, to make your life a heck of a lot easier because I know you guys out there, especially you solo business owners, you don't got a lot of time to be thinking about, you know, a million social media posts. I mean, no one's got time for that, but especially you guys, right? You have uh, clients to see, you have um, emails to answer, phone calls to answer, you've got cleaning to do, you've got charting or booking or purchasing or whatever it is, depending on the exact thing that you do, whether you're a massage therapist or a yoga instructor or a Pilates instructor or a chiropractor or you do essential oil blends or whatever it is you do in your health, wellness or fitness career, right? So you don't have a lot of time to be thinking about social media. So I'm hoping these posts will give you some or these posts. They're not posts. They're they're uh, podcast episodes, although there are posts that go with them, which I'll mention in a second here. But yeah, these episodes are all to help you guys out so that you can, you know, have some direction with your social media. So you know which platform is probably best for you to actually, you know, go for instead of trying to do all the things because, you know, We tend to do that. We tend to try all the things and then we get frustrated because we don't actually have time to properly do all the things, right? So that's what the the series of episodes is about. And the reason why I'm starting with Facebook, partly because I know you guys in, in general, I am generalizing here, but health, wellness and fitness people tend to be on Facebook a lot. I see you all on there. So I think it's a good choice to start with. And secondarily, because the quiz I posted, which you know we'll mention that in a second as well, a bunch of you have been getting Facebook as your ideal uh, social media platform. So hey, let's start with Facebook. So first off, that thing I mentioned about there being a post was sort of a slip of the tongue there. While some of you may have noticed I started creating a post on my website, Um, It's in the reading section, which is, you know, actually, it's just a blog, you know. Um, Every time I I upload a new episode, I create a blog post about it. So I'm doing that partly so more people can actually find the podcast. I'd I'd love to have more of you listening. I'd love to have more people learning about this stuff so they can have a happy business, have a stronger business, get more clients. And partly be so I can help you guys know when the new posts are actually up because I know that I don't have a constant upload schedule. And that's partly because I'm a solo business owner too. I have a lot of different things on my plate. And so while I can promise things sometimes on a schedule, sometimes the schedule goes awry. And that's just how these things go when you're a small business owner, right? 
Um, however, beginning with today's episode, I'm gonna have I'm going to start posting show notes with each episode. So not only am I like making a blog post about the episode and giving like a summary of what the episode's about. I'm going to actually start having real show notes. So any of you who listen to other podcasts, business or sort of those types of like educational podcasts, you probably are used to the idea of show notes. But show notes are basically to give you an overview of what the podcast was about and to provide links and helpful resources about the topic that you know, that the podcast episode was actually about. Because, hey, I can read you off URLs, but chances are good you guys are not like sitting there and like typing them into your phone or into your laptop or whatever as I'm reading them off. Chances are like you're out and about, you're going for a run, you're at the gym, you're, you know, walking to work, you're listening to it, you know, while you clean some things uh, at work. You're, you know, taking a little bit of time to yourself and just like chilling, listening to the podcast while your kids are sleeping or like whatever, you know, chances are good. You're not, you know, sitting at your computer taking copious notes, although with this week and with this series, you might want to at least try to do that. But it's fine if you don't, too. You, you know, if you're if you're good with just like listening and then you sort of looking at the show notes later, well, that's what they're there for, right? Now, these posts are always going to be available at happylittlebiz.com slash blog. Here I am reading off the URL. But honestly, you guys, I think you guys all know now, happylittlebiz.com is my is my website. Just look for the, the reading link or look for the blog link. And I'm going to have the post up within 24 hours of an episode going live. Now, I'm going to have to try, I'm going to try to have these things ready as they go live, but I'm not always able to do that. So I'm going to promise you to do my absolute darndest to have the show notes, the blog post that goes with the episode up within 24 hours of releasing the episode. And the other thing that I mentioned earlier is I want to remind you guys that we now have a fun little social media quiz for you guys to do. So if you like Facebook quizzes, if you like BuzzFeed style quizzes, this is the same kind of thing. Um, a bunch of you have taken it. It's been fun to see your results. So if you want to know which social media platform is best for you based on your personality and your business, just go to happylittlebiz.com slash social or it's the quiz link up in the up in the uh, the link bar, the header of my website or, you know, the, the menu if you're on mobile. So just look for quiz, click it and take the quiz. Let me know what you think of the results. Have fun with it. See which uh, social media platform is best for you based on the questions. And yeah, of course, it's going to get you every single time. It's going to be perfect, right? I'm going to psychically be able to figure out which social media platform is perfect for you. No, I'm just kidding. It's actually not that perfect. <laughs> like like any of these quizzes, it's, you know, based on, you know, it's kind of a little a mix of a little bit of fun and a little bit of, you know, truth. Um, so the result you might you get might be wrong, but that's the point. It's meant to be a guide. It's not meant to be an absolute truth. So if you get, for example, that you're you're an avoider, that's one of the possible answers. If you get that like you should not be on social media, and you're like, yeah, but I'd like to try social media. There's a there's a link you can click after you take the quiz to take you back to the beginning to retake the quiz and just try it again. See if you get, you know, think rethink your answer just a little bit and see if you get a different response. And then maybe that can help guide you. You know, maybe the second time you'll get Facebook or the second time you'll get Instagram or something. 
And finally, let me remind you guys, don't forget to grab your copy of the social media guide for solo health and wellness businesses. I have been talking about this. I'm going to keep talking about this because I really want as many of you to have this as possible. I really think it's a helpful resource. It gives you guidance on posting to Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or Pinterest. So all of them. So it covers today's, you know, a lot of today's stuff, uh, sort of today's episode and the next few episodes and the guide go together. They're companions. It helps helpful links and tips in there, free software resources to make your life easier. Um, You know, again, you know, I know you guys are solo business owners for the most part. You don't have time to be spending hours and hours with this stuff. So this is the kind of thing to make your life easier, to make it quicker for you to get your plan done, get those posts out, get more clients in the door and earn more money. Because, you know, even though a lot of us don't like to think of that too much, it's kind of the reality of living, right? You do need to earn an income. That That's why I created this guide for you guys. So don't forget, you know, grab your copy. It's There's a thing you can fill out right on that same page uh, for the quiz that will get, send you a copy of the guide. All right, all that's administrative stuff out of the way because this is going to be a long episode if I don't get on with it. So let's talk about Facebook, y'all. I know you want to talk about this one, or at least most of you do. So I'm going to break things down for you during this episode. There's a variety of things we're going to talk about. And the first thing I want to talk about is just some basics about Facebook you may not be aware of. Because a lot of us just use Facebook and we don't really think about it for business in terms of a business mindset. We just think about it. Oh, you know, we're sharing, you know, with our friends or we're inviting people to a party or we're finding out about that event at the local store that's going on or like whatever's going on. We're not really thinking about it for business. So let me give you some statistics that are important for you to know if you're thinking about using it for business. So first off, Facebook has, according to them, and they're probably not lying, 2.45 billion, not million, not thousand, billion monthly active users with a nearly even split between men and women. Um... Now, that's self-reported, of course, so uh, I'm not sure where people who have chosen not to put their gender in their profile or people who are transgender or, um, you know, non-binary, any of those things. Um, Obviously, it's just self-reporting, but it says that it's approximately 55% women, 45% men, so it's a pretty much even split, so... There's that. Basically, this means you are very, very, very likely to find your target audience or ideal clients on Facebook, no matter who they are. Chances are they're on Facebook somewhere. However, there are a couple of small caveats for you guys. While you do see people of literally all ages from age 13 to age 99 on Facebook, um, you're not seeing a large proportion of people in their teens or early to mid-20s on Facebook. They tend to prefer other social media platforms. Um, the stats I've seen is something like, you know, 15% of Facebook users fall into that age category. So it's not a huge amount. Uh, I mean, if you if you break it down from 2.45 million, it is quite a few people. But I think probably something to note is that People in younger age groups, at least from what I've observed, don't tend to be on Facebook as much. They might log in a few times a month, you know, and post something, but they're not as active there as they are on something like, say, Snapchat or TikTok, right? So that's one thing to think about. And you, this, the other thing, the other little caveat is that we have a similar issue with the older population. 
So it's, again, you know, you're only seeing, uh, well, first off, what do I mean by older population? I mean people over 55, which for someone who is over 40, 55 ain't that old, but they are an older population, at least in terms of how we think of things, you know, and marketing and, you know, putting people into categories, right? Which is a little weird, but it is something you do need to think about when you're looking at making social media posts for your business, right? So if your main target market is people over 55, for whatever it is, whatever reason, you know, you, you're targeting that age group, you might want to consider having a different marketing method than just Facebook or like a companion method. So say Facebook plus something else, right? Unless you are sure your specific target is on Facebook, like you have seen them, you've interacted with them, you've seen them in groups, that's different. But if you're unsure, you might want to think about that. Now that said, like I I just hinted at, you know, I, I have family at both of in both of those categories and they do use Facebook um the younger set not so much it's mostly just to keep in touch with family and they or like to cross post things from Instagram or whatever but the older ones definitely they're on it a lot (laughs) um not uh, not some of my family in that age group, but a lot of my family in that age group is in uh, is on Facebook a lot. So I think it kind of depends on, again, like I just said, who you're targeting, um, you know, sort of know your audience, right? It's like with everything, know your audience. So your mileage may vary. If you are if you have a very age-based target market, Facebook may or may not be right for you. But in general, if you're targeting people from age like 25 to 55, chances are they're on Facebook quite a bit, you know, for whatever reason. So you're probably safe. Or if you're you don't have an age-based target at all, then you're probably safe using Facebook. Now, the second thing I want to talk about, and I want to give a shout out to somebody on YouTube, and that's uh, YouTube user Jen Loves Reviews. Now, uh, if you are into makeup, you probably know who Jen is. You know, this has absolutely nothing to do with health, wellness, and fitness, other than I always like to give credit where credit is due. And Jen, when she does makeup reviews, because I've been watching makeup reviews on YouTube for the last year or so, Jen always talks about controversies when it comes to brands. Because she feels that as a consumer, if you're going to purchase something, you might want to know about controversies that are going on. I feel the same way. So I'm as I go through these episodes over the next few weeks, I'm going to talk about any controversies that come up with the particular social media platform so you guys are informed and can use it as food for thought and decide whether or not you want to be on that platform for business or not. It's completely up to you. But I just feel that it's important information for you to have. So you're probably already aware there are a lot of controversies with Facebook. Even if you don't know the details of them all, you probably are aware of them. Probably the biggest issues or criticisms of Facebook are around their use of our personal data and some things around like how content is uh, filtered. So some posts are allowed to remain, even though they are very fishy, iffy, uh, you know, even lies or uh, fake news, whereas other posts that are clearly non-problematic are being deleted or being removed or being blocked from being posted. So it's a little bit weird, right? So let's let's get into that a little bit, right? I don't want to go too deeply into this because honestly, we could talk for like three hours about this topic, but I just want to give you an overview, okay? So number one was the privacy thing. So the use of personal data and privacy, you know, issue is essentially that your info isn't private, okay? You can say that about 
you know, uh, being online in general, and that is 100% true, but something to keep in mind when it comes to social media is that the information you put into these apps, and especially into Facebook, is used by advertisers. Think of it this way when it comes to life, and I, I wish I knew who I got this, this uh, quote from. I'm sure it's from like some big marketing person, but if you don't pay for a product, you probably are the product, right? This is something to be aware of when it comes to things online. So in other words, you don't pay for Facebook unless you're, you pay for Facebook ads, which we'll get into in a bit but you don't pay to use Facebook. And yet Facebook is a humongous company that does very, very well. I mean, think about all the things you hear about, you know, Mark Zuckerberg and how much money he's making, right? So how does Facebook make its money? Well, ads, right? Big advertisers. And why are advertisers attracted to the site? Well, for the same reason that you're attracted to using it for your business, because there's 2.45 billion people using it every month. So yeah, um, I know that probably many of you have had that, unless you've got like ad blockers up, you've probably had that situation where it's kind of weird. Like you were just searching for a new pair of shoes and then all of a sudden you've got all these advertisements for shoes on Facebook, right? So that's a little weird. And that goes for, you know, pretty much anything you post to Facebook, right? So Keep that in mind that even if your privacy is set to private or friends only, the information is still there within Facebook. Even if it's like not intentionally posted for, you know, the whole world to see. And chances are good, unless you've got somebody shady taking screenshots of your stuff, it's not going to get out to the whole world. But Facebook has that data and they're giving it to advertisers, right? So it's just something to keep in mind when it comes to Facebook. And then the content thing that I mentioned, well, it this gets political. I don't want to get political here, okay? Because this is outside the scope of the podcast. We're, we're trying to help you guys, you know, build your businesses and, you know, get more clients. We're not trying to, we're not trying to make political statements here. But I think you should be aware that Facebook has faced a lot of criticism for allowing content that is clearly fake to remain while banning or removing other content. For like no reason. Here's a super, super benign example, because I I don't want to get into the more, you know, uh, political or, you know, social issue type stuff, because just we're not going to go there, even though I I do have strong opinions on those things. But let's just leave that. So here's an example from my real life. The other day, um, this came up in a cute post about cats in a cat uh, group that I'm on in Facebook. Yes, I'm a crazy cat lady. We were trying to post a link to this adorable blog post about one of the people on Facebook who owns two adorable torties and they just adopted a dog. And for some reason, Facebook would not allow us to post the link to her site saying that the link went against community guidelines. Now somebody explained to me why a post about adopting an adorable dog and how her cats were sort of adjusting and sometimes they were hissy and they weren't really sure. And, you know, it was a cute story if you like animals, right? You Someone explained to me why that is against community guidelines. Let some of the stuff that's been posted, especially around the U.S. election, again, we're not going there. I'm just mentioning it, is allowed to stay, right? So if you want to dig deeper into the stuff, because that's as far as I'm going to go with this, uh, just Google Facebook controversies or US election in Facebook, and you will find like a lot of info, okay? So overall, 
overall here in terms of controversies, it is up to you if you want to use Facebook. I am not telling you to use it or not use it. Clearly, I use it. If you've if you've interacted with me on Facebook, if you've liked my page over there, if you've read on my website that I have a page, yeah, like I use Facebook. I run Facebook ads, etc. I'm not anti-Facebook. But I do think these are things that you need to be aware of if you are going to be on the platform for your business and even in your personal life, right? So that's that. That's the food for thought. Let's move on and talk about the basic setup of a Facebook page, okay? So if you've never used Facebook before or you've kind of like half gone in and started and didn't really like get to really setting up your page properly, let's talk about that. So first off, I will put a link in or at least I'll try really hard to put a link in the show notes about the basics of setting up a Facebook page because it's really visual. It's not something I can kind of talk you through on the podcast very easily for those of you who've never done it before, okay? But if you have done it, let's talk about some things to be aware of. First off, you should be sure your profile image and your cover image, you know, the, the one, the longer one at the top in the header part, Um, or something that is like brand recognizable for you. It doesn't mean that you have to have somebody like create brand assets, quote unquote, or have a designer create like things for you. It just should be on topic for what you do. So for example, if you are a massage therapist, it should be something relating to massage, right? If you have a logo, you can make the logo your profile image, or you can you know, have part of the logo in your cover image. Like there's all kinds of things you can do. You don't have to use your logo anywhere. But these are just things to think about, right? You want it to be on brand, on topic. Now, here's a note on that. You don't have to, like I just said, you don't have to have a logo in a whole brand document like your Nike or something. Like, you know, that's not necessary. You can jump on Canva, which again, I'll link to in the show notes, and create an awesome Facebook cover that, you know, doesn't cost you anything at all post it up and be done with it, you know? It it just takes a little bit of time, but it's not that hard because Canva is really, really easy to use. And speaking of things being easy to use, that means that it's going to be a little bit easier for you to actually change your images. So I recommend doing that from time to time. For example, like change your Facebook cover to promote a holiday special you've got going on or change your Facebook profile image every so often to reflect the seasons or just that kind of stuff, you know, spice things up, make it in, make it interesting. Don't just have like the same stuff over and over and over for years because like that kind of makes it boring and doesn't take, like I just said, if you do it in Canva, if you just take like a nice photo that you that you had like a friend with a decent camera take for you, like it doesn't take a ton of effort to do these things. It's not, you know, I'm not proposing you'd spend hours and hours doing it. Um, that said, though, do make sure you set up all the info on your Facebook page. So go in and fill out all the sections that apply to you within the page info part. And again, you know, I'm going to link to something that shows you how to do that. Put in your website URL, put in your business hours if you have business hours, put in your location so a map will come up, you know, put in all the information about your business, fill out the about section, fill out everything. That part is going to take you a little bit of time, but it's sort of a one-time thing that you just need to tweak every so often. It's not something that you need to go in and update every single month. So I encourage you, if you are going to have a Facebook page, at least spend that time on it and then, you know, don't worry about it past that too much. The other thing I strongly recommend is you make use of the button feature. So you'll see on many pages as you, you know, 
flit around Facebook, they have the ability to add a button to like sign up or book now or whatever the, you know, whatever you, you can make the button, you know, shop now if you have a shop, all that kind of thing, right? So take advantage of that. Don't just, you know, don't go, well, I don't have a newsletter, so why don't I need a button? Well, first off, I do think you probably should have a newsletter, but let's say you don't, you don't want to. Probably you do have something you want to redirect people to, whether it's your your booking page or whether it's your shop page, like I just said, or something like that, right? So make use of that button because that is a call to action, as we call them. And it, it is helpful. It is helpful to get people to actually look at your website and eventually book with you, which again, that is what we always want, right? We want people to book into your you know, book into your clinic or your studio or book a class with you or book a consultation or buy a product if you're if you do products and not bookings, you know, if you're if you sell things rather than sell a service. So yeah, those are the basics. And uh, now let's talk about who Facebook is best for. So if you're trying to reach a specific group of people, say runners or new moms or people who have a specific health issue or people who consider themselves spiritual or whatever it might be, chances are really good you're going to be able to find them on Facebook. It's also great for community groups. Chances are high there's a group within your like neighborhood town or village or whatever. Like people love using Facebook to sort of like uh, communicate and plan events in the community. Like here in Toronto, there is a Facebook group for pretty much every neighborhood that exists. I I can't, I mean, I don't get me wrong. It's not like I've looked for one for every single neighborhood, but there pretty much is, at least in like the core of Toronto. I don't know about the suburbs, but there's definitely pages that exist for like pretty much every neighborhood. And if not your neighborhood specifically, maybe like a broader section of neighborhoods. And yeah, you know, people post about, think you know they're having a yard sale or like they're they have a business or they uh they saw a downed tree that uh that is blocking the road and they want people to know so they don't end up you know spending and like an hour trying to get out of traffic because it's all blocked or like whatever you know these these things do exist that's what i'm telling you they even exist for small towns it's not it's not just big cities and this is the stuff where Facebook really shines, those two things, bringing groups of people with a common interest or goal together and bringing people who live within a certain area together, right? But that said, do note what I already told you about demographics. If your main target audience is teens or early to mid 20s, or your main target audience is quite a bit older, say like, let's say like late 50s and onward, you might want to think about either using plat- using Facebook in con- in uh, concert or like together with something else. So like an email newsletter, uh, some other platform that you think that it would be more popular with that group, whatever. Or don't use Facebook at all. Use something else. It depends on you. It depends on your target. It depends on what you know about them being on Facebook. But it's just something to keep in mind. Now, who probably shouldn't use Facebook for their business? Because we just talked about who should, which is basically, you know, it's 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 a great fit for most people. But well, so if you don't use Facebook for personal use, you find it really freaking annoying or whatever, you know, whatever your reason, maybe it's because of the stuff I mentioned earlier, all the controversies and you don't feel comfortable on it. Don't use it for your business. Doesn't matter what I'm saying in this podcast. Doesn't matter what you've read online. Doesn't matter what some person is trying to sell you with their like, you know, make six figs by having a Facebook page thing, a course, whatever. Don't use Facebook. If you are really uncomfortable with using Facebook, don't use Facebook. 
I do now caveat here. I do know of people who hire a Facebook marketing expert to run their page and ads for them. So they never personally have to log into Facebook. That does exist. Um, And if you want to do that, you can. Absolutely. That's totally fine if you have the budget for that. But honestly, you solo practitioners out there probably don't have the budget for it. Like no shade. It's just like most of us who work solo, we don't have you know, a bajillion dollars to be spending on advertising. It's just the reality. That's all. If you do have the budget, though, like go you and maybe you should think about it. If you're if you're comfortable with Facebook, you just don't like it for personal use. But if you don't have the budget for that and you don't like Facebook, just don't worry about it. The other thing to think about here is when you work in health or wellness, clients do like that sort of personal touch. They like to know that the actual practitioner they're going to be seeing is replying to their messages. Um, I know that it's a little different if you work at like a larger clinic and it's like the receptionist or whoever that's primarily responding to messages. I, I get that that's different. But if you work solo and they know you don't have a receptionist, they know you don't have a whole team working with you. It just seems a little bit odd if you have somebody running your Facebook page and responding to all the messages for you. Of course, I guess then that makes them kind of like your virtual receptionist. But anyway, it's just some food for thought. People like the personal touch. People like to get to know you sometimes before they book in. It's just something to think about when it comes to hiring somebody purely just to do your Facebook stuff. And you're not on Facebook at all. Like you plan to not look at look at it at all, right? The other thing about Facebook is even if you use it for personal use, but you aren't willing to check your page messages and posts there on and post to it on a regular basis. Like say you're on it all the time talking to friends, but you're not interested really in engaging too much with your page crowd. Like you're like, oh, I'll do that once a week. Don't bother. Okay. Don't bother. People, if they, if they message you on Facebook, they want to get a response. Okay. Now, people's expectations aside, because I think we've we've sort of built a society where people expect you to respond within like an hour or even within five minutes sometimes. And I think that's unreasonable. But still, if you're kind of like, no, I really don't want to have to check Facebook messages. I don't really want to have to, you know, reply to comments. I just don't have time for that. I'm just not interested. No, 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 no then don't use Facebook for business, even if you use it for personal use, okay? You have to be willing to do some of that stuff. And that's okay if you're not. Like, that's fine. That's that's your prerogative, 100%. It's your business. But just be aware that you do need to be responding to people, not just posting stuff. And the last thing I'm going to mention about this is some people end up using their personal account for business stuff. And... That's a gray area. Um, I don't want to get deeply into that. Again, that kind of bleeds into like the whole privacy conversation thing, um, especially if you work in healthcare specifically. There's usually legislation in your, I mean, it depends on where you're located. But just a little weird if, you know, you're friending all your clients, but then your friends who aren't clients and also your friends who are clients, like Facebook friends, I mean are seeing these people and then they're like, oh, so-and-so's a client and that just gets weird with privacy. But even if you try to lock down the privacy on who can see your actual friends list and then, you know, like, do you really want to have one place where you're posting like, you know, the joke your dad sent you over text message this morning and also like all your bookings at work? It's just kind of like, 
it's just weird. It's just weird. So yes, you know, yes to sharing stuff from your page on your personal, um, on your personal Facebook. So that's okay. If you want to share like a blog post you just wrote with, with your actual Facebook friends, you know, whether they're, you know, former clients or whatever, that's one thing. But it's a whole other thing if you're like using your personal profile for Facebook's uh, for business and you're not making a page at all. That's that's what I basically I'm saying here. Food for thought. I don't recommend doing that. There's just so many reasons not to. Um, if you want to talk more about that stuff, feel free to message me. You know, I can give you a little bit more personalized details on why I really don't think it's a good idea. Um, but let's move on from that and uh, talk about some other things with Facebook. So. Here's some issues with Facebook in terms of posting that you need to be aware of. By the way, I realize that a lot of this is kind of like coming across as kind of a negative Nelly kind of thing here. And it's not to say that I'm negative about Facebook. I actually think it's a decent place. Again, there are some issues, but I think it's a decent place to, you know, grow your business and get more attention on your business. But the thing is, I think most of us, when we look at social media, we we look at it through either one or two, one of two lenses. We either go, this is Mecca. I'm going to find so many clients through here. This is perfect. Oh my gosh, 2.45 billion people. Of course I'm going to get clients. Da, 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 da. Or you look at it the other way, like, oh, Facebook, what a pain in the butt. I don't really want to do it. I don't want to do all these social media posts. I just don't have time for that. I My posts are just going to get lost in the din. 2.5 million 2.45 million people is a lot of content to have to be competing with, da, 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 right? We tend to look at it through one of two lenses. So I'm basically covering, <laughs> for those of you who are like, Facebook's awesome, because there seem to be a lot of you on it and like, Facebook's awesome. So I'm kind of covering a little bit of the negative stuff simply because I think that's probably the content that's most important for you to know. But there are some positives and I am going to talk about those things. So let's talk, let's, you know, be, now that I've done that little uh, aside here, let's talk about some issues with Facebook in terms of actually posting to Facebook. So probably the biggest issue is organic reach. So what is organic reach? Because I'm going to be talking about that quite a bit over the next few weeks. Organic reach is basically the number of people who see your posts organically. Yes, I'm using the word and the definition, but in other words, the number of people who see what you post without you paying for them to see it without you taking out an ad or a, as Facebook calls it, boosted post, okay? Now, the statistics vary on this, but from what I've seen through all the different marketing things I've read, less than 10% of your audience will see any given post. Now, that's going to vary, but that's the general rule. Now, back in the day, it used to be that you could create a Facebook page and have like tons of success with it, right? You I mean, there were a lot of people who, and they still do this, but there was a lot of people who created Facebook pages and they didn't create a website or anything else. And they had like mega success with their business because organic reach from pages was a lot higher back then. So you may still see people, you know, trying to sell you on a strategy that they used five or six or seven or more years ago to build their own following and make money from Facebook. But let's be real here. Times have changed, guys. These days, Facebook has made it really, really hard to do that. You really do need to pay to play most of the time if you want to get a lot of people, like a lot of eyes on your stuff. Okay, so you have to be prepared for this. However, 
Let's talk about the positives. Can you still have a successful page without paying for ads or boosted posts? Yeah, but you need to be diligent, you need to be patient, and you need to be willing to interact with people. That was what I was talking about before, about like responding to messages and responding to comments and maybe sharing sometimes, not all the time, you know, don't don't get, don't go overboard, but like sharing things um, on your own personal profile, all that kind of stuff. And this thing about organic reach is why I think you you all need a website and preferably an email list, not just social media, because organic reach is an issue with all social media, okay? However, here's another effective strategy you can use for free on Facebook in order to get more organic reach. What you can do is you can join groups where your potential clients might be hanging out. So interact with them and when it's appropriate, mention you have a service they might like to use. Just be careful to not be spammy. I know this is hard sometimes to know, like what's the line, you know, but interact with people genuinely, like don't just every single time you comment, say, hey, go to my website. Hey, I have a massage opening this afternoon. Hey, you should attend my yoga class. Like nobody likes that. Like think about how you feel when other people post that stuff, right? It's weird. It's weird. So interact with people genuinely, get to know them, comment on stuff that has absolutely nothing to do with your business. Just like, you know, uh, commiserate or, you know, uh, you know, laugh with them over it, like whatever it is, whatever the post topic is, right? Be be helpful. And then sometimes, yes, you can mention your business. Mention a post that you made, mention like whatever, if it is helpful to people, okay? Also take note, because I don't want any of the moderators of Facebook groups, out, you know, to be like, Candace, what are you talking about? This is terrible. Um, if a group has rules about how often you can advertise or if you can advertise at all, or like say they have like, you know, small business Saturdays where only on Saturdays you can post links to your business and no other day of the week, you know, whatever those rules are, pay attention to them and obey them, please. Like be respectful, right? Don't don't go in thinking, oh, I'll get lots of clients when like they actually have rules about not doing that. So it's totally okay to do it if they don't have rules about it. But if they do, you know, pay pay attention and, uh, you know, listen to the rule, respect it, right? And on another note about Facebook ads, I want to say that you don't have to have a huge budget to see some results from Facebook ads. So say, you know, the whole organic thing makes you a little bit like, oh, like you're not really sure about joining groups. You're not really sure how that's going to work out. You don't have to have a big budget to actually see some results from Facebook ads. I I have personal experience with this. If you're only spending, say, $15 a week, yeah, you're not going to get nearly as much reach as if you had a bigger budget, say, like, you know, $500 a month. But even so, that $15 a week can help you getting your page and its content to way more people. For example, if I do a boosted post with a small budget of 20 bucks for two weeks, because I have done this, I end up getting 10 times or more, depending on the post exactly and how I have um, targeted it. You get 10 times or more the reach than just with organically posting it. So what I suggest to you is like try to come up with a budget and experiment with it for just a little while, like a month, a couple of months. See how it works out. Do you get more people liking your page? Do you get more people going to your website? Do you get more people booking an appointment with you? Just see see how it works out. Now, you do. I did hint about this, but you do need to think about who the post is reaching and not just what the post is, Right. But that is more than I can really go over in a podcast. Uh, but overall, you need to be thinking about your target target audience and 
therefore, uh, for the whole Facebook ads thing, I have put a link in the show notes. Uh, I think the article's from Hootsuite. It might have been from somebody else. But just the basics on how to do a boosted post, how to set a budget, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and to give you an idea on how to do the targeting, because targeting is really important. Now, let's talk about how often to post. So there, there's two things with this. The first is how often you actually have time. Now, you know, earlier I, I know I sounded a little negative about it. Like, if you're not willing to put in the time, then don't bother. I know I kind of said that. But one of the things to keep in mind, guys, is that you don't have to post every single day. You really don't. In fact, the general rule out there um, that has been found by people who are actually researching this stuff is unless you have a large following, when large is defined at over 10,000 followers, so most of you probably don't have over 10,000 followers. So if you if you are small person, small page on Facebook, the general rule is don't post more than once, maybe twice per day. Because the Facebook algorithm will treat your posts as spam if you're posting too much. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but basically, uh, if you are a smaller page, you don't have enough people vetting your page, therefore, they don't show your content as much. That's really how that works. So there's no point in trying to post, you know, 10 times a day, you know, no matter what, like some marketing guru person might try and tell you. There's, there's just no point and boasting that much. So quality over quantity, guys. My recommendation is you post three or maybe four times a week, you know, and you can you can easily set up a schedule that goes with that, right? And speaking of schedule, let's talk about what kinds of things you can post. So here's some ideas for you. You know, just quickly, I thought of these, um, and I've used a lot of them myself. Some of them are more effective than others, depending on your individual audience. But here's some ideas for you. Hopefully these help. So first off, let me tell you, before I get into the actual, you know, more specific ideas, multimedia content is always best. So post videos and links and photos and all of that kind of stuff. Don't just post text, in other words. That's what I'm telling you. Don't just post something that is like, hey, I have an opening at two o'clock and like nothing else. If you are going to post that, if you're, if you're like, you know, it's like five minutes to nine, your two o'clock just cancel, your nine o'clock's just about to, sh- to walk in, you really don't have time to make something pretty, then at least use that, and I can't remember what Facebook calls it off the top of my head, but use the thing um, where you can put like a colored background on it. Just put a colored background because then that will pop up and uh, make it more visible to people. So, you know, put, I have a two o'clock opening, message me, you know, if you want it or take it on my online booking um, and then put a colored background on it and then hit post. You know, that only take you like a couple minutes to do and then you'll be ready for your nine o'clock before they walk in, right? So text only if you're doing the colored background, you know, that, that sometimes works in those specific instances. But otherwise, it's always best to post things like videos or links or photos, that kind of stuff. Now, if you are linking to someone else's stuff, or if you're linking to something you wrote, always make sure to add a comment or ideas or even just some like laughing emojis if it's to a joke to the content. Don't just post it with literally no uh, context as to why you're posting something. People don't want to see that. People just don't don't want to see like, look, here's like, here's a link to something. Click it. Like, no, 
give them context. Why should they click the link? What's interesting about this to you or, you know, what's funny about it or what's great about it or whatever. Even if you're just posting, you know, something funny for your Friday afternoon and then you add the link. That works. That's fine. And for the rest of these, I want to give a little caveat because I know a lot of my listeners are massage therapists and some of you are in Canada where regulations are very different from some of the other countries out there. Um, I want to remind you that everything I'm going to say after this point, or really everything I say in general, but the rest of this list of suggested posts in particular, is just suggestions. You do not have to take them. If you don't like any of them, if you only like half of them, if you only like one of them, it's totally fine. Remember that my audience is a variety of people. It's not just massage therapists in Canada, but it's, you know, massage therapists in the U.S., people in Australia, people who work in other professions, not just massage, you know, Pilates instructors, uh, shiatsu therapists, uh, acupuncturists, chiropractors, various other professions, right? So overall, do what is appropriate, uh, both with your sort of the regulatory body, if you have one, if you're in healthcare or you're otherwise regulated, as well as what is culturally acceptable for where you are, as well as what you feel comfortable doing, right? It's okay to like push your push yourself out of your comfort zone. It's not okay to do something that you're extremely not comfortable with, right? Like there, there's got to be some, there's got to be some boundaries there. So, okay, let me, let me go into the list of suggestions here. So first off is the obvious one to probably most of you. Openings in your schedule for the week or the next two weeks that you'd like to fill, you know, whether it's um, a class that you're teaching or, you know, a one-on-one client sessions. If you're, you know, again, that list, massage therapist or whatever you do one-on-one with people or, uh, you know, a product sale that you have going on, that kind of stuff. That is one really obvious thing that you can post. You can also post links to helpful blog posts. It doesn't have to be something you wrote, like I already touched on. It can be can be anything, as long as uh, as long as you think it'll be helpful to the people that are in your audience. You can post reminders about events that you might be attending, or events that you might be holding. Say you're having a open house. Remind people that it's coming up. You can post about specials you may have, or promotions, sales, whatever might be going on. You can post in all about me or a meet your therapist, meet your instructor, meet your coach, insert your profession or what you consider yourself, your title here, right? It's nice to get to know the person behind the page. People like that stuff. It, you know, it makes it personal. It makes it, it makes it feel more comfortable for them to actually take that next step and book an appointment with you. You can link to the latest research on something. So like anything related to health or wellness or fitness that seems appropriate for you to post, you have to be comfortable posting it. It could be, say, research on sleep or research on exercise or on nutrition or stuff specific to what you do, like, you know, rehab on the knee or uh, massage therapy for blood pressure or like whatever, you know, whatever it might be. Just make sure you add something to the content. So don't just, again, like I already said, don't just post the link with no commentary say something about it. Say like, you know, I found this interesting because of X, Y, Z, or this is something for all of you to keep in mind as the weather's getting colder or like or whatever it might be, you know, just make sure that you're adding value to the link that you're posting. You're not just posting a link. Another thing you can post about is ideas to reduce stress around the holidays or ideas of where they might want to go on their next vacation or Whatever, whatever might be helpful to the people who you see, right? Or the people you'd like to see, the people you'd like to be booking appointments with you. 
You can also run contests. People love contests. They love Facebook contests, YouTube contests, any kind of contest. People love those. You could do a giveaway for like a free product, a free session, uh, you know, a coupon. Uh, it could even be something not related to your business. It could be like a giveaway for like an Amazon gift card, you know. Giveaways get people's attention is basically what I'm saying. Um, and the last thing I'll mention is you can post about reminders about your website and or email list. I do suggest, again, that you have both a website and an email list. But even if you have only one, uh, which probably it's the website over the email list, you can post reminders that, like you have one. <laughs> Check out my website. Check out the what the updates I just did to the website. Check out the new colors I just schemed that I just did. Check out our online booking. Uh, check out, you know, this helpful blog post I wrote two weeks ago, whatever it is, you know, send people back to your website because ultimately that's what you want to be doing. You want to funnel people towards booking for with you, right? That's ultimately your goal here. Your goal is not to have them kick around Facebook and, you know, read some things and hit the like button. That's all fine and good. But your goal ultimately is to get them to book with you. So things that you're posting should sort of start to funnel them in that direction. And we've already talked about the time management thing, right? Again, I get it, you know. I used to work as a registered massage therapist. I also used to work in medical clinics and other jobs. I get it, you know. You're so busy. You're seeing clients. You're doing your charts or you're, um, you know, updating your website or you're writing a blog post or you're answering emails, you're answering phone calls, you're answering text messages, you're checking your online booking because there's an error, you're calling your point of sale provider because they've screwed something up, you're getting the laundry done, you're talking to your laundry provider if you happen to have one, whatever it is. You have a million things to do. So I know that doing this marketing stuff is just another like pain point or pressure point for you. So we want to make it as easy as possible for you, right? So first off, that's why I created the guide that I mentioned before. Again, you know, go to my website, happylittlebiz.com social or click the quiz link down at the bottom. Get a copy of the guide. It will help you out. Really, I do want to help you guys out make this stuff easier, but let's talk about software that will make your life easier, right? Because we wanna, we want to make these things easy for you guys to do. We don't want it to be something that takes you like 10 days to just make one post. I know I'm being a little, I'm being a little silly there, but still, like we want to make this as low stress as possible so you can get it done and get more people into your, you know, into your books, basically. That's what we want, right? So I did a whole episode about this first, about like software for, you know, uh, social media scheduling and software in general. So if you go back a few episodes to the Candace Tries series one on social media, listen to that and that'll give you lots of information about this stuff. But also Facebook has built in post scheduling. Oh my gosh, it is so helpful. I use it all the time, guys. And I really recommend it for you too. Um, you know, not that it's like the only thing you can use, but it's certainly one method of setting up scheduled posts so that you can actually schedule the post when you have time, even if you don't want the post to go up when you have time. So if you have time at 10 o'clock at night, but your target audience probably isn't on Facebook too much at 10 o'clock at night, you can schedule it to go out at like 9 a.m. the next day, right? So you can pre-schedule these things when you have time to go out when you don't have time. It's perfect. And I will put a link in the show notes about how to use the Facebook scheduling uh, thing, the Facebook scheduler that's built into Facebook. And the other software, of course, I would be remiss to mention if I didn't mention it, and that is Canva. I mention it all the time. Probably a lot of you are already aware of it. Canva.com. Again, link in the show notes. 
take a look. It helps you build nice looking, uh, you know, I think I mentioned this earlier, but it builds you, it helps you build nice looking images for your page, for the posts, the individual posts. It'll just help you give like a bit more professionalism to your page. So, so check that out as well. So we are coming to the end of this episode. I hope this has been helpful for you guys. I know it is a lot of information to absorb, you know, from the controversy stuff to who is your, you know, who you can find on Facebook, which is most people as we've already gone over, to how to use Facebook effectively to actually get people to book in with you, to software that you can use to make your life easier. You know, I talked about it in a previous episode, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, Facebook can be an extremely helpful piece of your online marketing plan. And that is why I wanted to talk about it first, you know, other than the stuff I said earlier about Facebook is popular with you guys. However, you do need to be aware of the thing I said about your target audience, where to find them on the platform specifically, what groups they're in, what kinds of things they want to see from you. And again, because organic reach has really declined over the last little while, you do need to at least consider paying for some posts, some, sorry, some boosted posts or some ads, but you don't have to have a large budget in order to make that work for you. You know, but people do see a lot better results with their Facebook page if they pay to play. Like, let's, let's be honest here, right? Um, I've even seen ads come up in my own feed that someone's like, this was so important. I wanted to pay for you to see it. You know, it's kind of funny, but it's also, there's also like a truth to that. It's not so much that like it was so important that they paid, but that like you probably wouldn't see it if they didn't pay, right? So that's, that's the thing about that. It's just something to keep in mind as you might want to pay to play. And finally... If you don't like Facebook, if something I've said today makes you go, oh no, I really don't want to use this for my business. This this scares me. This upsets me. I, you know, I've I've always been sort of iffy about Facebook and now I'm not so sure, or I just don't have time for it. I'd I'd rather or I'd rather use another platform for my base for my business or whatever, then don't use Facebook. It is 100 percent okay. Even if people are telling you, oh no, you're not on Facebook, you should be on Facebook, blah, blah, blah doesn't matter. You know, you have to go with what you're comfortable with because it's your business and your life. And that's the ultimate decision there. So, uh, so yeah, Facebook is an awesome tool. I do, even though I've, I've said some, you know, sort of negative things today, I do recommend Facebook for business, but you have to be comfortable with using it for your business. All right, that's it for this week. Again, I will post lots of stuff in the show notes. Just uh, go to happylittlebiz.com, go into the reading section. There will be show notes, Uh, lots of links for you guys, that resource I mentioned, all that stuff. I'm not going to talk anymore about that. We're going to end this here. Next episode up is probably going to be on Instagram. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's going to be the second one up. So that will be up very soon, probably within the next week or so. Look for it. Until then, have a great week. I wish you much success with your business, especially at this busy pre-holiday time. And I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. I really do appreciate your time and your efforts the times that you guys contact me with ideas for the podcast or comments about episodes or ratings and reviews, all of that. I really love it. I read all of it. I do really appreciate you guys. Um, By the way, if you would like to leave me a formal review, of course, I would really appreciate that. 
head on over to iTunes, find my podcast, so Life Beyond the Massage Table, click on ratings and reviews, and then just give me a rating and a review. Five stars, of course, and a glowing review. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. You know, let me know what you really think, but I do appreciate five stars as well. Let's be real here. Now, for you guys that might be new to the podcast, let me briefly introduce myself here. My name is Candace Eisner, and I am a former massage therapist in the province of Ontario, and I've also worked in various other health and wellness careers. So I've got a pretty good view of what it's like to do what you guys do. My mission right now is to help those in health, wellness, and fitness careers build strong businesses because I really believe to my core that taking care of others has to start with taking care of you. So that's what this podcast is all about, is helping you build a business that really matches who you are and what you value and what's important to you so that you feel happy when you go to work each day. You feel like this career is the right one for you, that everything just works so much better for your life. Now, before I finish off and let you guys get about, you know, go about your day, I will mention where you can find me on social media if you would like to. The main place you can interact with me if you'd like to just chat or see what I'm posting about or, you know, get on my newsletter list or any of that kind of stuff, find me on Instagram. Um, Happy Little Biz is my username. Or, of course, you can head over to my web- website, happylittlebiz.com, and there's links to all that stuff there. All right, that's it. Enjoy the rest of your day and I'll be back at you soon.